How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock. Thanks everybody for joining me today. Going to get into a little mailbag here, talking about uh, all kinds of subjects and uh, a little shakeup of the depth chart, I think, has some people. Uh, second guessing what I, me included, what we thought we already knew about this football team and 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 who was coming into the game in what order in the second preseason game. We'll see if uh, things revert back to how things were in week one of the preseason for the third game against the Vikings on Sunday, or if some of those guys are the new starters at their positions. Certainly, some standout players, I think, in that last preseason game. Although the final score wouldn't really indicate that the Forty ers did much, but I think there were still some things you could take out of it and some things that. I think 49er fans might uh, still be a little bit worried about, and I saw a lot of worry in these questions, so I think that's the key word for today in this mailbag segment. You know, with as rosy as everything got all offseason long with the new regime, everyone loves Kyle Shanahan, everyone loves John Lynch, and they should, I do too, but you realize, man, all the turnover on this roster, they're not going to win every game, and they're not going to win most of their games, I don't think, and I think it's it'd be good for fans to sort of get in that mental, you know, it's nice to see an, a big L on the scoreboard in the preseason, get fans used to that, being like, okay, look, maybe they aren't the worst team in the in, in the NFL, or they're not 2-14, and 14, the second worst record in the NFL again this year, but I would not expect a playoff team, so go, don't go out there expecting a win every single week, I know you would like a win every single week, but... Uh, be realistic with your expectations going into the season. So much turnover on this roster, new schemes on offense and on defense. So uh, there might be some growing pains here, and, and we're still seeing definitely some of that in the preseason, trying to get this team on track and ready to go. Got most of my mailbag questions on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Also a couple of email questions. That email is LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show. We're on iTunes. Rate, review the show. That always helps. You can find us on the Facebook page. We're streaming on Spotify. We're streaming on iHeartRadio. We're streaming on Stitcher. Uh, We're everywhere. So you can subscribe to us in many places. Uh, Google Play. I know there's some fans that listen there. So, uh, you know, if we're not in the place you want to hear us, let us know. But I think we're pretty much everywhere at this point. I I hope we are. And you can also find the stream at LockedOn49ers.com. And you can also find links on how to subscribe and the email and You can even find my Twitter feed there on LockedOn49ers.com, one-stop shop. All right. Well, let's get into that mailbag. Let's start with email. Actually, first, Sean, he's sending in a couple of email questions. So what's up, Sean? How you doing there? Uh, Thanks for for this tip. This is something I did not know about, actually, how to find LockedOn49ers. He said, if you tell Siri, play LockedOn49ers, it'll play the most recent episode. Simple as that. Uh, something very useful while driving, Sean says. And I say, yeah, that is that is very useful while driving. It's something I hadn't tried. And to be honest with you, I don't use the Siri, even though that's uh, the kind of phone I have. Uh, I don't really use that feature. And maybe I should, because if it's that easy, you can just say, hey, Siri, play Locked On 49ers, and you're rolling. That's pretty awesome. So uh, maybe you guys can let me know if that works for you. 
And I'm excited to actually try that out. So thanks, Sean, for that tip. Let's stick with the email. And we've got Dennis. Dennis says, I'm a French fan of the 49ers working in Switzerland, and I've discovered your excellent podcast that I'm now listening to daily to get fresh news of my 49ers. Thank you for your excellent show. Very kind words there, Dennis. Thank you very much. His question is, can you please tell us what Ahmad Brooks has looked like during training camp? Ahmad Brooks' 2016 season was not his best, uh, so can we expect him to bounce back this year with this new defensive scheme? Uh, Thanks for the email, Dennis, and uh, hello to you over there in Switzerland, and hopefully we have a lot of fans over there in Switzerland. I haven't looked at my uh, podcast numbers, but I don't remember Switzerland being very high, so I'm kind of excited to know that there are some uh, fans in Switzerland and some French fans, and at least one French fan in Switzerland. So uh, thanks again for that email, Dennis. Oh, and a second question about Ahmad Brooks via Twitter from Mikey. Do you believe Brooks is a player to watch during cuts? Yeah, that was one of the big surprises, actually, about this game. Is I That's one of the starting positions I thought was pretty well locked up at strong side linebacker with Ahmad Brooks. And he actually was not the first strong side linebacker in the game. It was Eli Harold getting the start. And that was the case with a few different positions as there were some starters or some guys who were previously backups in game number one and through camp getting a look with the first team or previously third teamers with the second team and so on. And I understand what Kyle Shanahan and Robert Soller are trying to do there and see some more bodies and, and filter some guys through and give guys a chance to win a job. But um, after seeing Eli Harold with the first group and look, Ahmad Brooks didn't do much in this game. Eli Harold didn't do much in this game. I really think they just wanted to give Eli one more shot, uh, maybe showcase him even for some other teams that might be calling about trades. Who knows? I think it's still Ahmad Brooks' job, and I think he's looked good enough. He looked good enough in the first preseason game from all training camp reports. He's looked like the guy who should be that starter at strong side linebacker. And if Eli Harold is really his true only competition for the starting job, uh, the only other guy that's really got a chance to make the roster at that position right now is Dakota Watson. And to be honest with you, if I had to put money on one strong side linebacker that is going to make the roster, I would put my money on Dakota Watson. I think he's more locked in as the backup and special teams guy. I think his his value is there. I have no problem. I, to be honest with you, I don't think Eli Harold has outplayed Dakota Watson as strong side linebacker from what I'm seeing in games, and Watson has that special teams value. So I think Watson is as much of a lock as either one of the other guys to make the roster. Then it becomes, okay, he's your backup. Who's the starter? And whoever loses that battle as the starter between Ahmad Brooks and Eli Harold, I think that player is probably cut or on the trading block and the odd man out. So I don't know if a team could come calling on one of those guys and change the 49ers decision. Is it actually really close between Brooks and Harold? So if a team comes calling and says, hey, Harold's on his rookie contract still, we'd like to bring him in. Here's a six round draft pick. And the 49ers are like, okay, you know, money's not a big deal. They're way under the salary cap. They hold on to Brooks. They trade Harold or vice versa. If a team says we really like Brooks, we have room under the cap. We want to bring Ahmad Brooks in. And, and possibly start or, or play a big role in our defense. And the 49ers would say, okay, well, we'll roll with Watson and Harold then if you want to give us a draft pick for Ahmad Brooks. I think it's probably less likely they could trade Brooks than them being able to trade Harold. I think Harold would have to be the clear starter there. Then the team could just cut Ahmad Brooks. And you'd thought Ahmad Brooks might be a cap casualty for a couple seasons now. And he's been holding on. You know what's crazy, actually? Out of all this talk with Ahmad Brooks, the most insane thing that I saw was that he has the third most sacks in team history for the 49ers. 51.5 or 53.5 sacks. That's crazy. I would have definitely lost money if someone said, hey, name uh, the, the guys who have the three most sacks in 49ers history. That's crazy. 
Okay, here we go. Pulled up those numbers. Bryant Young, number one, 89 and a half sacks. Charles Haley, 66 and a half sacks. That's one and two in 49ers history. By the way, both of those on my 49ers all-time draft roster. So what do you think about that, Nick? Um, and also Ahmad Brooks, number three, 51 and a half sacks. After that, it goes Stubblefield, Dwayne Board, Alden Smith, Justin Smith, Chris Dolman, Andre Carter, Jeff Stover to round out the top 10. So very surprising. Ahmad Brooks, 2009 to 2016, and maybe still going, adding to that total. Don't think he's going to catch up to Charles Haley, number two. But 51 and a half sacks, number three all-time in sacks is Ahmad Brooks. So he's had a pretty quietly uh, good career for the 49ers. I think from what I've seen, he's still the best guy for that position. And so you're under the cap. There's no need to mess around with that. And Eli Harold hasn't shown me enough to be somebody who's like, I'm worried about cutting him because he's going to become great. I, I just haven't seen that progression from him. He doesn't affect enough plays. He's pretty good against the run, setting the edge. Um, just hasn't been able to get to the quarterback and make plays in the backfield. And Ahmad Brooks is also pretty good at setting the edge, but also has made a few plays. He makes half a dozen sacks. every. I mean, you can just pencil him in right now, six sacks. To me, I, don't worry about Ahmad Brooks. You know, age and contract would be the reason why you would cut him, but he, he hasn't been clearly beaten out for the job. So I think it's going to be Ahmad Brooks. The only reason, uh, the, the only guys, yeah. So Dakota Watson's the backup to me because of the special teams value. Watson's looked as good or better than Eli Harold. So I have no problem with Watson being the backup there or even getting starts if Ahmad Brooks is hurt anyway. So it's not like you're worried about cutting Eli Harold because Dakota Watson is so much worse than him either. And then you got the young guy, Pita Taumoy Pinu who uh, has practiced a little bit at strong side linebackers, played some Leo as well, played mostly with his hand on the ground in that second preseason game. He's looked better in the last couple of weeks. If you're worried about cutting a guy, I'd rather uh, hold on to Peter Tamoy Pinu than Eli Harold as well. So uh, Eli Harold is like fourth in line at strong side linebacker to me. Maude Brooks' job's pretty safe. I think you could probably sneak Peter onto the practice squad at this point and then just roll with Watson and Brooks. That's the way I see that strong side linebacker position, but... Um, yeah, a lot of decisions still to be made on that front seven, especially with that defensive line, uh, with the edge guys and interior defensive line, because there's so many good players there that deserve a spot. So if I had to guess and if I had to uh, hope for an outcome there, it would be that the 49ers were able to uh, turn that into some draft picks or maybe you know trade position for position there on the defensive line and add something. So anyways, that was a long-winded answer about Ahmad Brooks there, but yeah. He's like a cockroach. One more year. Sorry, Ahmad, if you're offended by that. I know. I'm sure Ahmad Brooks is a listener to the show. So shout out. Props to you, Ahmad Brooks, being number three all time on the 49ers sack list. Thank you, Dennis, for that question via email, LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. And thank you, Mikey, for hitting me up via Twitter at BDPeacock. And actually, that segues into this question about the defensive line. So Jinbert asks... If you would, if you could, would you trade an extra defensive lineman for offensive lineman or a defensive back? What are some likely trade targets? Yeah, again, like I don't know. I've had a question about trade targets, who to specifically look for, and it's really hard because you don't know which bubble players are on other teams that that guys would be willing to talk about. So it would take a it would take a team calling the 49ers. If I'm John Lynch, a team calls me and says, "Look, we have a need for a defensive lineman. We see you have a lot of them. So at that point, you're like, okay, so who do you need? Who fits what you're looking for? Is it Tank Carradine? Is it Ronald Blair? Is it maybe Aaron Lynch? Team needs a pass rusher, uh, Ahmad Brooks, or or Eli Harold that you that you need, someone who could stand up or play a little defensive end as well. Quentin Dial, you need someone who can play a little, you know, one tech, three tech, 
a five-tech type of a player. So there's some versatility on the 49ers roster. They could move any of those guys. A team calls you, and they say, hey, we're interested in bringing in a defensive lineman. So then if you're the 49ers, you're like, okay, well, draft pick, or maybe now we look at your roster and see who's on the bubble, someone uh, that, that we could bring back that maybe fits a position that we need as an upgrade on the offensive line or defensive backfield, something like that. And uh, some specific players that I'd be looking at around the league just because they're guys that were players that I drafted on my Shadow 49ers teams the last couple of years that might be bubble players. Uh, Kalen Reed is one of my favorites. I drafted him, I believe, fifth or sixth round in 2016, and he was actually ended up being Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft in 2016. He's a cornerback for the Tennessee Titans, and they have a numbers crunch at corner. But the first two weeks of the preseason, he's been given the game ball by Pro Football Focus for the Tennessee Titans' entire team, both games, week one and week two of the preseason. So uh, Kalen Reed is a player I'd be looking at as a defensive back if, say, uh, the Tennessee Titans came calling about a defensive lineman. Another shadow 49er wide receiver, Kiaris Garrett from the Carolina Panthers. You know, they like size. He's a big 6'4 guy, so if you want to bring in a wide receiver with some size, um, he's a player I like. Uh, Christian Westerman is a good one from the Cincinnati Bengals. An interior offensive lineman, been playing left guard for Cincy. I thought he's a player that could have been developed as a center as well. Another shadow 49er pick that I think has been a bubble player, but I think he's also kind of like Kalen Reed, might be someone who's playing pretty well in the preseason now and might be earning a roster spot, might not be a young player that uh, the Cincinnati Bengals want to get rid of. But uh, those are just some names to think about. I don't know how likely they are that the 49ers would bring any of those guys in or or if they're actually going to win 53-man spots with their teams and their current teams wouldn't want to give them up anyways. But I think the most likely thing in any sort of a trade would be probably getting a draft pick back. You know, possibly depends on the team's calling and what they have and what kind of numbers they have at different positions. Maybe there is a, a player. Because if you're going to trade for a player, it doesn't make sense unless you trade for a player who would actually make your 53. So it would have to be a pretty significant player to get back. Otherwise, you'd probably just rather have a draft pick. Oh, and the New England Patriots is another one because uh, they like those versatile defensive linemen. They already lost Rob Ninkovich to retirement this offseason, and now their rookie third-round draft pick and actually another shadow 49er in Derek Rivers is out for the season. He uh, unfortunately had an ACL injury, so he's done for the year. They could be a team that's definitely looking for a defensive lineman. They'd probably love to have a pass rusher like Aaron Lynch. You might be able to get a little something for him if the 49ers decide they wanted to move on there. Or Eli Harold, they like those versatile players like Ninkovich was who could stand up or put their hand in the grass and rush from the edge. Or Tank Carradine, I think it'd be a fantastic fit for what they want on the edge. They could move around, rush from either end, or maybe even rush inside sometimes. I mean, Tank's done everything. He played traditional 4-3 in college like he's doing now again. He played that five technique, defensive end in the 3-4 played some outside linebacker in the 3-4. And if you're the 49ers, even though Tank's looking like he could be the starter, he's running with the ones right now. you got Solomon Thomas backing him up. He's in the last year of his contract. Uh, maybe you get a player back or a pick for, for Tank Carity. I think that'd be a really nice fit for the Patriots. Thank you very much for the question, Jinbert. Before we get to the rest of these mailbag questions, I want to let you guys know about SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Actually, just tonight, earlier, I'm post-Giants game right now, I went over to the see the Giants play the Brewers, 
And it was well, it's not great that the Giants are losing, but it's they're not selling out like they I mean they had their crazy five hundred game a sellout streak or whatever it was. But uh they're not exactly selling out like they had been because the team isn't playing all that well. But I gotta work at seven o'clock, first pitch seven fifteen, I live or I work a block and a half away from ATT Park. So what do I do? Seat Geek six fifty nine. I've got tickets. I'm sitting in a seat before first pitch. And uh, now that they're not selling out, you can get a lot better value here. And it's really easy with SeatGeek. You just open it up. You tap on the game. It already knows I want to see the Giants play or the 49ers. It knows what kind of tickets I'm looking for. It knows that I'm so close to the stadium. I'm here in San Francisco. So two taps. You click on it. You look at the map. You're like, hey, I want to sit in this section. There's a nice green dot there. That must be a good deal. Look at the seat. You look at the ticket price. You're like, yes, that's beautiful. You're there by first pitch. Uh, it's awesome. It's super easy with SeatGeek to find the tickets you want. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONFL. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Let's go back to Twitter and George, who asks, how worried should we be about the offense? Oh, man, that's a great question. I know for a fact that Kyle Shanahan's not showing anything. The first-team offense hasn't looked good at all. And uh, the only highlights from this last game, I mean, Brian Hoyer finally got it going. He, he made a few good throws, and the offense kind of moved the ball a little bit on one drive before yet another turnover ended that drive. But you, you did see the offense start to move a little bit. And Kyle Shanahan's not scheming at all. He's not you know, scheming versus the team. He's not throwing out their plays that he wants other teams to see because you know, he knows that teams will be ready for those plays. So he's it's vanilla. He's not showing anything. But the thing I'd be worried about is the offensive line's not opening up any holes in the running game. I think the 49ers are going to need to run the ball a little bit to keep games close. And I like what I'm seeing from the defense. I think they'll continue to play fast and, and develop and I think they'll get stronger as the season goes on, actually. But if the 49ers can't run the ball on offense, uh, I don't think you put the whole thing on Brian Hoyer's shoulders and go out there and win a bunch of ball games either. So, yeah, I think you should be worried about the offense because it's not there yet, and they haven't really showed us anything. But it's not time to panic until – well, it's, you shouldn't really panic until we get into the season. But as far as preseason games go, this Vikings game, the third preseason game, this is the game where the starters are going to play – you know, through the first half and probably three quarters, maybe. I don't know if Kyle wants to see them play even more than normal, but they could play quite a bit. You want to see them start to move the ball. You want to see them start to look like a a unit, like a cohesive unit. I've said that before on the show. The offensive line needs to play a lot better. Uh, You want to see them run the ball. You want to see some big runs from Carlos Hyde. You want to see them move the ball, put some points on the board, look like a team that can score a little bit and stay in games with, with other teams, even if the defense does show up. You still got to have an offense doing something for you. So, And then when you get into the season, Kyle Shanahan can scheme some more things open, and I think uh, that they can they can do a little bit more offensively than what they've shown for sure. But if you don't have your basic ability to to move the ball in the passing game or in the running game uh, without you know some major scheme magic, yeah, it, it could be tough. So, George, it's a good question. 
you should be slightly worried. You should be about a six out of ten on the worry meter right now, but you shouldn't really get crazy until after this third preseason game. And and, and if they're not able to show stuff, then yeah, I, I think it might be it might be panic mode because uh, this first team offense hasn't shown anything in the first two preseason games. To Henry, who asks, I'm worried about Richard Robinson. I've heard all the hype, but he's not played well. Yeah, man, you're right. He he got just straight up roasted in the first game a couple of times deep. Um, but they were bad technique mistakes, too. He 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 was in bump and run coverage. He was right up on his man, didn't get his hands on the guys, didn't disrupt their routes, and they beat him deep. Uh, and in the single high scheme, you've got to disrupt a guy's routes. You can't let him run free with 4-3 speed down the sideline and expect an undrafted free agent, free safety like Lorenzo Jerome, get all the way to both sidelines. You know, it, it's just impossible, even for a good free safety. Earl Thomas, you see him. Sometimes on deep balls down the sideline, he's not there when the guy's making the catch. But he shows up shortly after the catch and and crushes people on the sideline. You see him knock a lot of balls out of receivers' hands by showing up on the sideline when the after the ball arrives and uh, and knocking the ball away from from wide receivers. So I don't know if Lorenzo Jerome has that kind of range. I don't know if Jimmy Ward, once he finally is healthy and out there, is going to make that much of a difference, and he'll be able to really. Cover both sidelines because that's just so hard, man. It's 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 nearly impossible. So you, as a corner, you've got to make that job easier. You've got to funnel the receivers inside to where you have help and play that leverage, that outside leverage, and you got to get your hands on guys and disrupt their routes. Um, in his last game, he he made some good plays, but also again like that, just sort of a bonehead play in a technique problem in the end zone where he had that pass interference on Benny Fowler, and it's just it's inexcusable. He's got to clean that stuff up, but I still think the talent's there, and I still see him. You know, he he ran with Demarius Thomas on a deep ball in the end zone, made a great play. So, um, yeah, the, the the potential's there, but he, you're right, Henry. He's not there yet, so hopefully he will get there. I think he can be a pretty good starting cornerback in the league. But, uh, you know, again, growing pains for this young team. To Sydney Niner via Twitter we go, would you rather have a lucky 8-8 eight and eight season or lose every game by less than seven points, thus securing the first pick in the next draft? That's a very easy question for me, and I think most fans might not feel the same way I do about it, but I would lucking into an eight and eight season, I think is just terrible long-term for your franchise. I would rather lose every game by I'd rather have every game be close. Cause obviously what you say here, less than seven points, winning every game, you're within a score. It would be heartbreaking. It'd be rough. But I think at that point you'd have a scapegoat and you'd be like, yeah, Hoyer can't get it done. Let's fix that position. And then we're rolling. And then you have the first pick in the draft and you're continuing on. Uh, yeah. I, I think the worst thing, that could happen to a, to a team. It's not the worst thing. Winning games is not ever going to be the worst thing. But going eight and eight doesn't help as much as getting the first pick in the draft, especially if your team is just as good either way. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the wins and losses don't matter until you start getting into the playoffs and you have a chance to go for that ring. That's what it's all about. So eight and eight or zero and sixteen. Uh, if the team plays exactly the same, I'll take the zero and sixteen, especially for a rebuilding team. Let's go. Uh, let's go one more. Jr. Via Twitter, if you could guess on a surprise win this season, who would it be against? Mm, that's a good question. Looking at this schedule, some of those NFC South teams or AFC South teams at the end of the year, Texans, Titans, Jaguars, those teams are all have their arrow pointing up. So I don't know how hard those games are going to be. That might be a Deshaun Watson-led Texans team with a really good defense that's looking at the playoffs in Week 14. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are starting to look pretty good under Marcus Mariota, too. I, I kind of like that team quite a bit, actually. Uh, they could have a lot more wins than than they, they have had in the past couple seasons. The Jaguars. Jaguars have a young, talented, fast defense. 
the question is Blake Bortles, who might not even be a starter by week one, let alone week 16 when the 49ers play host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But yeah, that wouldn't be a surprising game for the 49ers to win. Uh, both Rams games, those would not be surprising. It's the only stinking team the 49ers beat last year. Cardinals games, I think at this point, aren't aren't huge shockers. Most in-division games aren't that shocking, even if it's a good team like the Seahawks. So I would say that the biggest surprise win on the schedule would be that week two on the road at Seattle with this young football team going in there and, and, and Kyle Shanahan's first time going into Seattle with the 49ers and beating the Seahawks. That'd be pretty hardcore, but that's not one I could probably look at and be like, oh, yeah, I think that could happen. Um I'm not going to go there. I'm going to look at this stretch of road games. You've got week four, five, and six at Arizona, at Indianapolis Colts, at Redskins, and then after that rough three-game stretch on the road, you come back home and play the Cowboys. I'm going to go with that home game week seven against the Cowboys just because it's such a rival game against the Cowboys, but it's at home. And uh, actually, Zeke Elliott will be back for that game. Unfortunately, he's got the first, <laughs> unless uh, the appeal comes and he, he doesn't have six games, but he's out for the first six games. And of course, guess what? His first game back will be against the 49ers. So maybe that one makes it a little bit more difficult. But uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting game there against the Cowboys. Uh, those those three road games in a row before that would, would also be good choices on games that you, maybe you could sneak away with a win on the road. But I'm going to go with that Cowboys at home in week seven. That's actually a good question. Maybe I'll ask that one to Nick as well on tomorrow. I'd love to hear what his answer is on that question. And, yeah, we're doing the Cover 3 Winky Wednesday as usual with Mr. Nick Winkler. So keep those questions coming either via email at LockedOn49ers at gmail.com or on Twitter at BDPeacock. You'd also send the questions in via Facebook. All right, that's going to do it for me on this Tuesday episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow on Winky Wednesday on the Locked On 49ers.